What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You don't know what that ought is, Mr. Trash. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! We've said it once. We've said it a million times. The truth shall always set you free. This is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn. The Matt Ramblings of a Gen Xer. Oh, giving you all the fun news that is out there and some of the fun news that isn't. We have a lot to talk about today because you know what? Now they're going after coffee. Coffee. The lifeblood of so many Americans. Coffee, which is so monumentally evil. It's coffee. Mm-mm. God damn, Jimmy. This some serious gourmet shit. Me and Vincent would have been satisfied with some freeze-dried taster's choice, right? <laughs> and he springs this serious gourmet shit on us. So a, uh, a, a, a college in our university in Canada has done a study and says limiting your coffee intake will help fight climate change. <laughs> so Canadian researchers studied the carbon footprint of coffee. Now, before we had the liberals uh, wanting to put diapers on cows because the methane would kill the environment. So they want to, they want to limit the cow farts and the methane. So the university of Quebec has published a study in the publication, the conversation, and it's called for limiting consumption through a, to adapted diet in order to combat the effects of coffee, coffee preparation. So the coffee's not evil for you. It may be evil for you. I don't know because they never tell you. But it's 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 the effect of making the coffee. You sitting there and taking the filter, putting it inside the coffee pot, putting your five to eight scoops in, putting it in, you know, closing it back up, putting your water back in again. Or if you have a K cup, you just drop it in the K cup and go from there. They are saying that limiting your contribution to the climate change requires an adapted coffee diet, and coffee is no exception. And what they're saying is choosing a bottle of coffee, uh, choosing the mode of coffee preparation that emits the least amount of GHGs, which is greenhouse gases, and moderating your consumption are part of the solution. That's what these four researchers found. And and they also worked in the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Um, And then researchers found that the traditional coffee filters, just the the white ones or the brown ones, I use the uh, number fives, the bamboo number fives. They have the highest carbon footprint, while coffee pods had less of an environmental impact because of the process of traditional filters consumes more electricity to heat the water and keep it warm. Okay, so it's not emitting gas. It's not emitting anything else. It's going to because of the fact that more electricity is required to heat the water and keep it warm. I, I, I sometimes wonder... About things, I, I really do. I sometimes wonder wonder about the logic of some people. It's almost like the fact that, and we're going to get into now how they're not only going after gas ovens, they're going after everything else. 
that's gas to get everything totally electric. Now, the problem is this. Our electrical grid right now, the way it's constructed, will not allow us to go solely electric. It won't allow us because it's not robust enough to have an electric car, everything in your house be electric, cook electric, heat electric, and not, you know, air conditions. We, we don't have the capacity. California proved that when they had the Indian summer and it was a little bit warmer than it should be. And they told people, well, no, no, this is taxing the power grid. Everyone do not plug in your cars between the hours of 4 and 11 at night and try to limit your consumption and don't use your air conditioner or we're going to have rolling blackouts. And it's amazing that in liberal cities, it's like the, the rolling blackouts only seem to occur in the low-income areas. But they're the champions of the middle class. They're the champions of the lower incomes. But we're not ready to go fully electric. We, and I love it because years ago, nuclear energy was bad. It's bad. It's going to kill the environment. You have all this nuclear waste. But then they turn around and say now, well, no, 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 nuclear power. Well, that's now renewable energy. I always thought when you had that nuclear waste, um, last time I checked, that it was not renewable. That you had to dump it somewhere. They say that coffee's greatest carbon footprint comes from the mechanicalization, the irrigation, and the use of odor <laughs> nitrous oxide-emitting fertilizers the production of which requires a large quantity of natural gas. So now they're saying that to actually create the coffee, it takes a lot of natural gas. Now, natural gas is less expensive to use than, than electricity, but we're not going to get into that. Yet. Despite the environmental effects, numerous studies have found that up to three cups of coffee a day could reduce the risk of death from heart disease or stroke. So you should drink, you should, you should moderate your coffee, but... There is clinically proven benefits that could reduce death from heart disease and stroke. <laughs> but you should, you should, you should use less coffee. I just love it that I mean, like I said, we just talked about a second. The production of coffee is the most harmful emitting process than any type of coffee preparation. So making the coffee is terrible. Making the coffee, making the coffee is bad. Making the coffee is bad. That's not good. I mean, and I love it because they never really give you any of their statistical data outside of purchasing uh, the publication outside of the of the conversation. And they basically said that with a daily consumption of 2.7 cups a cup a day per person, coffee is now Canada's most popular drink. Well, of course, because it's going to save you from heart disease. But don't worry. We want you to drink less because of the fact that it's going to cause more admissions because of the fact that it's not going to cause more emissions, it's just going to use more electricity. But I thought we were trying to get everything to be electric. I, I, thought, I thought that's what we were supposed to do. I thought we were getting everything to be electric now. But now I can't use my electric coffee maker because it's bad for the environment. You know, if you want people to revolt, if you want people to go crazy, take away their coffee. Try that because you want to know why? Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Coffee's for closers only. But you will drive people to the brink of insanity if you take away their coffee. I literally can see people sitting at work drinking their soy mocha, whatever, without, without caffeine in it, thinking to themselves, This 
great. That's just fucking great, man. Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? We're some real pretty shit now, man. If you want people to revolt, that is going to be the best way to do it. That is going to be the best way to do it. Now, th- there's more bad news, though. There's more, ma- there's more bad news. I, I, don't, I don't like being in the bearer of bad news. But Democrats and eco-groups are now taking aim at other appliances amid the gas stove debate. Now, other appliances they're going after because it's not enough to go after the gas stove, which would destroy the, the, which would destroy, uh, the service injury in reference to restaurants. But I love it because you see all these Democrats and liberals using gas stoves. And I also love it because they all fly these private jets. And I remember it was John Kerry a couple of years back when they asked him, hey, you're, you're, you're this big guy. You know, you're this big, you know, we, we have to be, we have to do this. We're saving the environment. You're flying jets. And he goes, well, you know, if you, if you do other things to neutralize your carbon footprint, a jet has a huge amount of carbon footprints. So what is he doing to, 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 to sit there and, and change and limit his carbon footprint so he could fly a jet? Now he's flying regular airlines. So now these groups and the Democrats are looking to regulate everything from water heaters to furnaces to dishwashers to clothes washers to ceiling fans, microwave ovens, and shower heads. I remember when they came after the shower heads and they gave you those low flow shower heads. That, that sucks. And everyone figured out um, that once you get the shower head, all you have to do is take that washer out on the inside and then put it back on. <laughs> That's what it, everyone figured that out within a week. But this is all a part of the Biden administration's and the Democrats' continued effort to go with their lofty goals of zero, or excuse me, net zero. Net zero. Remember net zero? Wasn't net zero a uh, ISP carrier? Like it went, like you used to go on AOL? Do, 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 do. I remember doing that back in the Stone Age. Now, environmentalists have argued that electrification banning natural gas hookups and implement, implementing excuse me stricter energy efficient standards could help accelerate the emissions reduction now remember we don't have a large enough power grid to support all this electric wise <laughs> we don't we don't we don't have the capacity to do this and they're talking about this would affect appliances that come in just natural gas so it, it would be beyond stoves. So it would also be your heating systems and your hot water here. Now, electricity has shot up exponentially. Electricity, you almost have to mortgage your future just to keep the lights on. And natural gas is a less expensive way to heat your home, to do your cooking, to do your laundry. Even with the large, inc- there, is an, there has been an increase in gas, natural gas prices as well. But it's not as great or greater it is not it's not larger than i should say the electric the in the increase we're having in electricity the price of electricity the the kilowatt hours now biden in his first day in office he signed an executive order requiring the department of energy to make major revisions to the current appliance regulation standards and those standards were of course set by the trump administration because he was trying to let people you know i don't know live their lives then a month later just 30 days later, the agency listed more than a dozen energy efficiency rules. Now, that would affect appliances like hot water heaters, stoves, lamps, and everything else. Remember when we changed all those low, those low infrandescent light bulbs, whatever the hell they're called? Those ones that those light bulbs are supposed to last like 20 years and was going to revolutionize the light bulb industry. Well, I haven't seen that happen that yet, but that's, but that's okay. 
I love this. According to the Federal Unified Agenda, a government-wide semi-annual list that highlights regulations agencies that, that, that they plan to do the, the next 12 months. The Biden administration is moving forward with rules that could impact dozens of things, appliances, including refrigerators, boilers, and air conditions. In a recent example, they're saying, the Department of Energy proposed stricter standards on light bulbs, raising the minimum efficiency levels. Is anyone talking to the light bulb industry about this? Has anyone talked to them at all? I mean, really, has anyone talked to them and said, hey, listen, can this be done? And I love it because uh, the White House climate advisor, Gina McCarthy, we're actually going to do 100 rules this year alone on appliances. Oh, she'd be there. She's the former now, <laughs> former White House climate advisor. This was a speech during uh, last May. We're developing a partnership on how we work together for new building standards. Now, Democratic lawmakers, because you got to love them, are demanding that the Biden administration moves even quicker on setting up these rules. Now, 50, over 50 Democrats have signed a letter, uh, I think it was last year, and sent it to the energy secretary, that, uh, that energy-efficient appliances that emit excess of gases should not be continued to be circulated. And I love it because they're, they're saying that appliance standards are critical for cutting utility bills, greenhouse emissions, but right now they're woefully outdated. I see new appliances all the time. You have some people that can't afford these appliances. So are we going to give everyone a check so they can go out and buy these new, these new appliances that we need to combat this as we all switch to electric and our bills all skyrocket. You know what? I'm not a conspiracy. I'm not a, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I'm not a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. I'm not. I really am not. I, I can tell you that right off the bat. I do think Bigfoot's real. I do think the Loch Ness Monster's real. The Abominable Snowman's probably real. There are, there. I, if you would have to be crazy not to think that there are alien life forms out there. You have to be crazy to think about that. But this is crazy. This is insanity. What they're doing is they're pushing everyone to an electrical grid that can't handle what they want to do so then they can then control what you do. I'm not, I'm saying it. My professional opinion that now is the time to panic. And this also goes back to when the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health in December tied 12% of childhood asthma to gas stoves. Now, there was really no study. There's no statistical data. There's no litmus test for this. And I love it because the study was partially funded by, I believe it's uh, RMI. And they're a nonprofit research firm. And of course, their goal is the aggressive green policies. And they say that on their website to transform global energy across the real economy. They've also argued that strict restricting natural gas would be a significantly higher heating and energy cost for consumers. So they're saying, you know what, you, we're going to do it, but but it's still going to it's still going to cost it's going to cost you more. But don't worry, we're all millionaires. <laughs> we're all millionaires, and I love it because poor Texas. <laughs> Everyone remembers what happened about two years ago. Was it two years ago with Texas when the wind turbines stopped working because of the cold? And they had no power and they don't have enough power to, to, to keep the lights on and some people froze to death. Is that what they really want? 
do we look at California that has to import like 30, 40% of its energy from other states? But they're but they're they're touting their energy efficiency. Really? It, it's it's all about it. It's all about turning this into a green economy. They don't care that it's going to hurt the middle class. They don't care that it's going to go after the people that they say that they are trying to help the most. They don't care about that. All they care about is control. All they care about is making sure that you do what you do what they tell you to do and you don't question it. That's all they care about. They're not working they're not working through the educational system. Because I laugh because you know, I mean certain kids don't know certain things about history. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. That's what some of these kids think. You see some of these things. You see some of these on... And, and, and I love it because I love when they go to like Ivy League schools and ask them questions. And they don't know anything. They just had a judge the other day. And she is, uh, the, she, Biden is trying to squeak her in. You know, it's one of their nominate. It's one of the judges that he nominated that didn't know anything about the Constitution. And she's like, well, I have to look that up. I've never heard of the Second Amendment. Never heard of the First Amendment. I got to look, look up what they mean. How are you a freaking judge? Kevin, McC- I, I, you know, I forgot who went after her, but it's like you have to. And she's like, well, I'll do the research. These are things you should know as a judge. These are things you should have in the back of your mind. These are things that you baby should have gone to school and learned. I'm a big Elvis Presley fan. I'm a big, you know, hail to the king, baby. Hail to the king, baby. I'm a, I'm a big Elvis Presley fan. I always have been. Elvis Presley died when I was, I think, nine. So, I never, you know, I never, got, I never got the full extent of the king and his... Um, you know, what he meant to certain people until, uh, of course, you know, he, he passed away. And I was thinking about this and, uh, Priscilla Presley is contesting Lisa Marie's will. She claims that it's an invalid signature. Now, uh, Priscilla Presley, who should go back to her maiden name because she divorced the King. And yes, he cheated on her multitudes of times, but there, there's a, there's a simple question though. (laughs) <laughs> there's a simple question about that. She also cheated on him with his, with his, remember this, with his karate instructor before she left him. Now she left him, but she's still holding on to the Presley name. She's, I give her credit for turning around a, uh, EP Enterprises, which is Elvis Presley Enterprises. And I give her credit for turning around and having people, you know, go to the house and, and, and making money doing that. But it's time for her to go away. Lisa Marie took over, and of course, Lisa Marie, God rest her soul, passed away recently, uh, took over the Presley estate when she became 30 or whatever it was. So right now, she evidently amended her will or addended her will back in 2018, excuse me, 2016, which ousted Priscilla Presley as a trustee and appointed her two kids, uh, Lisa Marie's kids. And of course, the the one Benjamin uh, passed away, committed suicide tragically last year. 
um, appointed them the accessors to be co-trustees. Now, it's basically also making now the daughter the sole trustee. So now Priscilla's coming in and saying, no, 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 I'm contesting this. I'm going to contest this because I still need, I need some relevance. I need something that it still can, I can hold on to my life because of the fact that I have nothing else. I've made my whole claim to fame being Elvis's only wife and having Elvis's only kid. But I'm going to sit there and I said, I want to be the trustee. Now she's saying that they, that she believes the daughter will, the daughter of Elise Marie will resign as co-trustee. But we didn't know this. We don't ask this. Now, Lisa Marie had a lot of financial troubles, and they they were they were they were well documented. And it's you know going back to uh, 2018, where she sued the business manager, the one of the guys that is working with Priscilla to get a hold of the uh, Presley estate, um, sued her for uh, accusing him of negligence and mishandling a sizable amount of her her, her fortune or the Elvis fortune. She claimed that the business manager left her in financial ruins and just uh, $14,000 in cash back at 16. Now, Siegel countersued Marie for 800,000 unpaid bills. Now, of course, people reached out to Priscilla, but no, nobody, nobody's talking. No, nobody's talking because of the fact that Priscilla is a leech. She is a leech. She is a person that that has clinged on to the Elvis name, even though the fact that they got divorced, even though the fact that she, you know, Presley moved on and evidently Priscilla moved on with the karate instructor. But that's okay. She still needs to be in the limelight. The last thing I want to talk about is the is the moment of craziness. Dems are proposing an 8.7% pay raise for federal workers to make up for COVID and Trump. Federal workers are the government's greatest assets as a Democrats that sponsored this bill. Now this bill is going to, because of the fact that Trump put so much angst on them that they need a pay raise. Now, Jerry uh, Connolly, Democrat for Virginia says for years now, federal employees have risked their health and safety working on the front lines of this pandemic. Now the pandemic's over according to Biden. Pandemic's over, so I don't know what he's talking about. They're subjected to Trump administration's cruel personal attacks, unsafe work environments, pay freezes, government shutdowns, furlongs, and mindlessness across the board and hiring freezes. Sometimes when you don't have money, you can't hire people. Still, our federal workers serve with the dedication and distinction every day, he said. Federal employees are the government's greatest single assets, and they disturb better. How about you fire them and get people in there at cheaper salaries? I bet some. I think. I think some people would be happy about that. Conley's federal adjustment of the Income Rate Act, or the Fair Act, would give federal workers an average eight point cent raise next year, following the four point six raise they received this year. Whether inspecting our food, or conducting our medical research, or caring for our veterans, <laughs> listen. Let's not get into the caring for the veterans bullshit. Let's not get into the VA bullshit. We'll get into that one day. Pay an important role. Federal workers pay an important role in our everyday lives and deserve pays that reflect that. After years of pay freezes, our government gives these dedicated public servants a much-needed raise. Wow. They make Superman look like a jerk. <laughs> like, like he's a freaking freeloader. What the hell? Now, Tody Reardon, president of the National Treasury 
Employees Union said the raises would help federal agencies recruit to retain the workers they need to keep the country running. But wait a minute, we got all these people already. We got to pay them. We got to pay them. Listen, I know some people that are government workers. They sit on their ass most of the day. Now, the 8.7 increase listed in the FAIR Act is not a pay raise, says Irwin. <laughs> it's not a pay raise. <laughs> what is it then if it's not a pay raise? It's the minimum increase needed to offset the dwindling checking accounts of public servants. And it is the critical to recruiting and retaining the best possible workers. Here, here's, what, here's what confuses me a little bit. So you're basically adjusting their salaries because of the inflation rate that Biden caused. Oh, now Biden signed an executive order late last year that gave federal workers 4.6 million, excuse me, 4.6% pay raise in 2023, which is just now, which is going to come into effect. And he signed it last year. It's coming into effect now. And an, and that was an act that Congress chose not to over, not to override. And the 1.7 trillion omnibus, you get the bus, we get the bus. We all get money from the omnibus that was passed last year. Any Republican that did not stand up for any Democrat that did not stand up for that omnibus is just fucking stupid. And I even want to hear about it. They, they, they talk about the raising rate of inflation. And that's Randy Irwin. I should have said he was the president of the national federation of employees of, oh, I, I said, his name, which says the raise. I love it. Cause he says it again. The raise is a minimal step towards making federal workers whole in the face of rising inflation, which economists say reflects the rising prices in government spending. So the government spending's going up. So we're going to give more money to the government workers so the taxpayers could pay more taxes so government workers can get a salary and a wage that reflects the increase in inflation. <laughs> really? <laughs> can someone explain that to me? Now, I'm going to say that again. They are getting a pay raise to fight the effects of inflation that was caused by the Biden administration because of the fact that that they need not only a 4% raise, but they also need a 7 point something or 8% raise. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I truly think like I'm taking crazy pills right now. We got a lot of fun shows coming up this week. We're going to have a new schedule for the pod. It's going to be every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So make sure you look for that. And again, this is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn. And I've said it a million times. And I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. The truth shall set you free. And I'm out of here.